Hey, this is Kyle Papineau. I'm the pastor of Legacy Church in Orange County, and this is our podcast. Thank you for joining us today. I hope this message encourages you and it helps you experience what God is doing in your life. Enjoy the message. Amen. Amen. Awesome. Well, guys, thank you so much for being with us. Please take a seat. Uh, man, we are so excited that you guys are here. Will you guys help me say thanks to the band for leading us in worship? really appreciate you guys. Hey, uh, today is a special day, and I'll tell you why. You're here. And there are a couple of brand new people here with us, and so if that's you, do me a favor. There's a card on the seat next to you, or maybe the one you sat in. Would you just fill that out? We want to get to know you a little bit more, and then I'm going to send you a text this week, uh, and and then maybe Pastor Barbara will send you an email as well. We just want to hang out with you, get to know your story. But would you guys help me say welcome to the first-time visitors with us? Now, there's another group of people who is here with us. You don't see them, but they are here every single week, and it's those who are watching online. And so we want to say welcome to you guys as well. Thanks for being with us online. Thanks for hanging out. Hey, if you have kids or you are kids and you guys want to go to kids' church, please feel free to head to the back. Um, Man, we love our kids. Braxton, it's good to see you, dude. He's like, all right, whatever. He doesn't care about me. That's all right. Um, hey, part of our worship, one of the things that we do together is, is we give together. And we give together, that way nobody feels left out, but we believe that there is a mandate on our lives uh, to give. And, and Jesus says it this way, bring the tithe into the storehouse. So some of you are saying, hey, what's the tithe? Well, we believe that the tithe is 10% of everything that we make. And what is the storehouse? Well, the storehouse is the local church, the church that you attend, you call home, we want, we want to encourage you to give with us. I'm not asking you to give, and I'm not going to give. I'm excited. We get to give this morning. We got paid this week. Anybody get paid this week? Come on, somebody. Woo! Man, I, I get excited about tithing. I get excited about giving. And you know why? Because I just need God's blessing on my life. Now, I'm not saying that every time you give, you're going to get a check in the mail. But it's not, it's not unlike God. Now, I'm not saying that every time you give, your car doesn't break down that week, but sometimes that's the way that God operates. He makes things last longer for you when you give. When you do what he called you to do, he, he honors your obedience. And so this morning, I'd love it if the ushers come forward. We're going to take up an offering together. Would you pray with me for just a second? Father, we know that this is an act of obedience. It's an act of worship. And so I pray that you would take our obedience and you would bless it. I pray that you would bless those who are giving. I pray that you would uh, bless those who are giving online. And God, I pray that you take this and, and use it for your kingdom and for your glory. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Hey, who finished Essentials today? Was there anybody who finished? Awesome. Wow. One, two, three, four, five. Guys, way to go. That's amazing. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Essentials is a three-week course that we teach. And basically, here's a seven-week course. Seven people. Oh, okay, okay. I was like, seven weeks. Whoa. No, it is a three-week course that we teach, and it basically tells you, hey, here's what we believe as Legacy Church, but then we want to get to know you, and how did God make you? How did he wire you? Did you know that you have gifts specific to you that God wants to use in his kingdom? 
I mean, he, he said, I'll, I'll even put my treasure in jars of clay. That's us. He's going to put his glory, his kingdom in us that we get to take it into places that it might not get otherwise. And so we want to help you understand what are those gifts? What's your personality like? So we can find that really cool spot for you to serve. And, and for some of you, that's going to be with kids. And for some of you, that's going to be texting people during the week and having coffee with them because I believe the gift of hospitality is alive and well in Legacy Church. But then for other people, it's going to be uh, giving. Some of you, it's going to be uh, hanging out with, with kids. Now, I, I know I said this with kids, but there are some of you who just probably shouldn't be with kids. I love you enough to tell you there are some of you, who, like me, who just should not be with kids. I'll be real with you. You put me in a room with a bunch of kids, someone's going to die. It might be me. It might be them. We don't know. But it's the reason I'm not in charge of kids' church, okay? But my gift is, is being able to talk with you sometimes one-on-one. I know that I got to go out to coffee with a couple of you this week and get to know your stories a bit better and, and hear your heart but then God has also given me a gift to, to speak and to preach. And today, today's going to look a little different, okay? So normally we bring out the pulpit, and this is where we dive into our scriptures. And I, I would really appreciate this morning if you gave me a little bit of, well, let's call it creative license um, to preach a message that's going to look a little different. Uh, sometimes in scripture, you will read like, Last week, we were talking about Paul and, and his letter to the Corinthians. Well, did you know that that letter was not photocopied and handed out to every member of the church? They didn't have that ability. So there are some things in Scripture that were actually meant to be read out loud, that were meant to be preached by the way it was spoken to people. Now, in Acts chapter 2, it says that they gathered in the temple daily. Pretty crazy, right? Well, daily, they would sit here and, and listen to the scriptures. It wasn't like everybody had their own copy of the Bible. Which, by the way, if you don't have a copy of the Bible and you want one, we have one here for you today. I, we will make sure that you walk out with one. We believe in that. We want every single person to be reading the Bible for themselves. We call it, we're, we're building a culture of self-feeding. That means that you're diving into scripture on your own time. That means that you're paying attention to the little things that maybe the Holy Spirit is speaking to you in the moment. And so that's why I encourage people, man, take notes. Take notes in church. Take notes while you're reading the Bible. Ask questions. Circle things. Highlight them. It's okay. All my life, I have been the kind of person, I will not write in my Bible. And I don't know what happened in the last year, but I just started writing in, and it just like, it helps me so much to dive into, into Scripture. All that being said, there are times where the letters are supposed to be read to people. There are other times where there are stories that were, like Jesus. Jesus tells a lot of, of well, we call them parables, and basically just means a story with a meaning, right? He's not, he's not just talking to kill time. <laughs> he's actually sharing a story that has some significant value, and I'd love it. If you want to fact check me, you totally can, but some of the stuff you're not going to find in between the lines of scripture. I've taken a little bit of creative license and written a story for you that goes along with Luke chapter 7, verses uh, verse 36 through 50. Now, if you want to turn there, go for it. You can follow along. Like I said, I'm not going to read it word for word. I'm actually going to tell you a story today. Because I think it's important that we, we experience scripture the way it was supposed to be experienced. 
And sometimes we will read the Bible um, in, in the most sanitized form. We have a perfect moment. Now, I know that not all of us schedule moments in our day to actually sit down and read Scripture, but some of us do. And, and, and when you think of someone who is very holy and has a devotional time, you think of this like picture-perfect scenario where they're sitting in front of the window in their little breakfast nook with a cup of coffee or tea, whatever you're into, and they have their Bible, and they have their pen and paper, and they are ready to receive from the Holy Spirit. Let me be real with you. A lot of times, I'm on the couch with my phone, reading scripture. I love being able to read on my phone because I can also swipe over to my notes app and take, and take notes simultaneously. The point is, this story is something that has gripped my heart for years. I love this story. I love it because it shares not just a narrative of, of grace and mercy, but I think as you'll find today, we're going to be studying this story, and I'm calling the message today, A Pint at a Time. Now, let's pretend for a moment you don't know me. And for the sake of my anonymity, I'm going to keep it that way. I don't want you to know my name. See, I am a tool. I am used and put away until the next time that I'm needed. I'm, I'm a late-night convenience. I am, so, I am something so shameful that not even the sun wants to know what I do. I'm a businesswoman. I have clients. I have a schedule that I keep. I make sure everything is, is manicured perfectly for this environment. I do what I have to to make a living. I'm a prostitute. I know. The judgment just came in the room. I feel it, but don't worry. I'm used to it. Most, if not all, of my work, I try to forget. And since I try to forget what I do, I'm just left with this weight on my life. All I can feel is the weight of what I have done. I carry the weight but I wish I could forget that too. It's not as easy. But I want to tell you about something that I heard recently. I heard there was this man. I, I know what you're thinking, but I, I heard there was this man that could save people, that he could heal people. I've even heard stories that he now has a following that is growing and he has done miracles in people's lives. I've heard what the town has to say about him. I've heard the gossip. Believe me, I've heard the gossip. Not only have my clients talked about it, but I'm usually the talk of the town. I'm usually in the gossip. So I know it. And some people say that he's just a really good teacher. Some people will even say he's a prophet. And then there are a few I'll be real with you. I think they might be a little out there. They say he's the Messiah. He's the one that our nation has been waiting for for years and years and years. But I did hear that he was going to have dinner at Simon's house tonight. I so wish I could host 
the Messiah in my house. But surely I can't invite Jesus into my place of business. So I've heard that he's going to be at Simon's house, and I came up with this plan. I'm going to go to Simon's house. I'm going to sneak in before anybody else gets there, and I'm going to wait for him because I want to meet this Jesus that I've heard so much about. See, the things that this man has done for people are incredible. I heard just a couple of months ago, he, he heard that there was no more wine at a wedding. And so he brought water to him with his disciples and, and prayed over it. He blessed it, and it turned into the most incredible wine anyone has ever had. I heard also that he's able to heal blind eyes, that deaf people can start hearing, that there was this woman, another woman, that had an issue with blood, and she just touched the hem of his garment, and it healed her. I'm not saying he can, but I would love it if he could do something for me. If he could take this weight that I constantly feel, this weight that I wake up in the morning with that cripples me, thinking I'm stuck in this cycle, all I am good for is to be used and put away. So, I better have something to bring him. Because I can't just come empty-handed. I want to have something for him when he walks in. But if I give him something too good, maybe he'll think I'm signaling for something. Maybe, maybe I'll bring my perfume that's something that men don't wear usually. So hopefully he'll appreciate that. So I got to Simon's house. I, I got there early so I could see him when he walked in. Now, I guess you would need to know a little something about my culture. You need some context. In my culture, we have huge patios. It's all dirt, but they're fenced in, and it's where we sit to have our dinners. It usually has some kind of overhang, but generally speaking, when someone like Simon invites someone over to dinner, the whole town will gather around the fence of his, of his courtyard. So while Simon and Jesus eat, there are people who are literally sitting on the fence trying to hear. I guess you'd also have to know that it's the host's responsibility to do three things when a guest walks in. When, when an honored guest comes in, they get a kiss on the cheek. It's a gesture of, of peace. It's a welcome to the table, a welcome to my home. You're safe here. The next thing that they would do is they would wash the guest's feet and get down and, and rinse their feet in a bowl. Why do we do this? Well, because we eat sitting low to the ground, and there is nothing worse than sitting next to stinky feet while you take every bite of your meal. I can't tell you how embarrassing it is to sit at a meal and touch somebody's foot who stepped in something along the way and then have to get up from the table and go wash so that I'm clean. But the third thing, the third thing is the host would pour oil on the guest's head. This was a blessing. It was a, a, a showing of prosperity, 
something that we would put on them because some of us can remember through our ancestor's story what it was like to not have anything. Some of us can remember what it was like to go through the desert and not have anything. Some of us can remember what it was like to go through a drought and not have oil. And so we pour it on the heads of those who come into our homes as a symbol of prosperity and a blessing, saying that we have more than enough. I watched as Simon and Jesus walked in. They just sat down. It was the weirdest thing. Had Simon forgotten something? I mean, he was supposed to give him a kiss. He was supposed to wash his feet, and he was supposed to anoint his head with oil, but they've just sat down at the dinner table. Well, I would love to go give Jesus a kiss. I've heard the things that he does. I would gladly do these things for the host, but if, if I gave Jesus a kiss, he might think it was more than a kiss. And I don't, I don't want to be shamed right off the bat. This was Simon's duty. But then this, this idea came to me. I couldn't kiss him on the cheek, but I could kiss his feet. So I ran up behind Jesus. I fell to my knees and I started kissing his feet before anybody in the house could stop me. I began to kiss his feet and as I kissed his feet, I just began to weep uncontrollably. Then Jesus looked at me. But see, I had run up behind Jesus so he couldn't see me. I didn't want him to look at me. I'm too ashamed to be in his presence. I don't need him looking at me. I just want to give to him what I can and walk away unnoticed. But Jesus looked at me. And he didn't just see me. He saw me. I kept kissing his feet. I won't lie to you, I'm, I'm used to men looking at me. But for some reason, this one was different. The aggressive peace that flooded from his eyes when he looked at me was overwhelming. I continued to weep. I continued to kiss him. There was so much sadness in my heart. That's what was being expressed. But simultaneously, there was no judgment flowing from him. It was the weirdest thing. It was like he could see my soul. He knew who I was. He's known what I have done. And he's not judging me. That's a new feeling. Then I realized that this, this poor guy, <laughs> he, he, he's got... He's got me breaking down on him. I've got, to, I've got to collect myself. But it almost felt like with every tear that I cried, I was giving him every one of the things that I have done wrong in my entire life. It was as if with every single gasp I took, I was giving him one more piece of my heart. That by the way that the tears hit his feet and turned the dust into mud, I was giving him every client. 
I was giving him everything I'd ever said that was wrong. I was giving him every piece of hatred that I had harbored in my heart. It was almost like the weight was leaving. In that moment, I had not only totally disgraced the host of the house. See, if I came to your house, everybody would judge you. But I also disgraced myself because now I am completely breaking down on this poor man. At least, well, that's what I thought. But while I could still feel Jesus looking at me, I could feel the peace bubbling in me. And I mean, this, this poor guy, this poor guy, he has a rejected hooker crying on him at his dinner party. I have not just inconvenienced the host, but also the guest. He now has to wait until I'm done to eat his meal. I just hope that this feeling stays forever. My eyes were so full of tears that I couldn't see much. So I decided since I was already crying on him and affecting him, that I, I looked around for a towel, and I couldn't find one. And so I just figured, well, I'll, I'll humble myself even more and just wipe, wipe the tears with my hair. But my hair, it's what the men loved about me. They loved my eyes, and they loved my hair. And it was almost as if I was offering these things to a man that seemed to care about me. He cared enough to see me. This was what was going on in my head, obviously. I, I didn't say any of this out loud, but I'm, I'm trying to think, what else is going on in this room? Because I've got my own struggles, <laughs> but I can almost start to feel the disdain radiating from Simon. He's so angry that I am here. He's so angry that I am doing this as a disrespectful sign to him. Jesus, Jesus must have felt this too because he actually addressed it. Oddly enough, he addressed it with a story. He said this, two men owed money to a moneylender. One owed 500 denarii, the other owed 50 when neither man could repay the loan, the lender decided to forgive them both. Now, who do you think loved him more? Simon, Simon responded correctly when he said, well, the one who was forgiven more. I didn't understand where he was going with this story. In fact, I was a little thrown off that while Jesus had somebody breaking down on him physically, he had the creative energy to tell a story. But then Jesus looked right at me, and this time I looked him in the eye. And he said, he said, he who is forgiven little loves little. What in the world? Why would he say that to me? He wasn't saying it to me. He was saying it to Simon. He was using what was going on in front of him as a metaphor. Still not grasping the entirety of the story, I pulled out the gift that I had brought for Jesus, my perfume. 
And while I poured, I thought to myself, if he only knew what I did to buy this, if he only knew the things that I have done to give this gift to him. I continued to rub the perfume into every single crack in his foot. I don't mean to be graphic, but I made sure that it went in between every toe. I wanted to make sure that he understood I was giving him everything that I possibly could. And all of a sudden, every room in the house smelled like my perfume. Even the courtyard could smell like my perfume. The people who were sitting on the fence waiting to hear what Jesus was going to say and do to this poor prostitute could smell my offering to Jesus. It's all I had. But now I could see that the dirt was no longer on his feet. My tears had cleaned the dirt away. My hair had dried his feet. And now... My perfume has made the entire place smell for Jesus. This is all that I had. This is all that I could give. In fact, this took me over a year's wages to buy. But I can still feel Simon judging me. I can still feel Simon getting upset. Jesus looked at me one more time in the eyes. But this time, he said something directly to me. He said something to me. He said, Simon, do you see this woman? I came into your house. You did not give me any water for my feet. But she has wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You did not give me a kiss, but this woman, from the time I entered, has not stopped kissing my feet. You did not put oil on my head. But she has just anointed me with perfume all over my feet. Therefore, I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven. Therefore, Your faith has saved you. Go in peace. I got up from the kitchen table, and as I began to walk to the back door so no one would ask me any questions, I could feel the presence of the room change. Who was this man that was now forgiving sins? Who was this man who was now able to pardon people's eternity. He's not confirmed yet that he is the Messiah. But I know what I saw. My question, I guess, to you then would be, what are you bringing? You don't have to bring a fancy gift like me. But if Jesus is coming... What are you bringing him? Better yet, the question that I've had to wrestle with since this story took place. What have I done to buy the gift? 
something this, this story has taught me personally, Kyle, is that my sin, the things that I have done wrong, surrendered at the feet of Jesus, can be the sweetest surrender ever. It can be the greatest gift ever given. Because Jesus, the one we've been talking about, would go on to live a sinless life. He performed many, many, many more miracles than this. He even raised people from the dead. And then he died on a cross. For everything that I had done to buy the perfume. This story has stuck with me for many years, and, and this week it's hit different for some reason because I'm left thinking about the question what in my life can I offer God? I love, love, love when things are done well. One of my favorite things in the world is to put together something creative that, that wows people. As if somehow by showing off my creativity, I am more accepted because of perfectionism. If you've taken the Enneagram, I'm a three. I do really well with the performance side of things. I enjoy performing. And maybe not so much on a stage, but I enjoy doing things well just for the sake of doing things well. But what this story tells me is the stuff that I'm not proud of, the stuff that I wrestle with late at night, the stuff that makes me ask, Jesus, can you really forgive that? That is the stuff that smells the sweetest when surrendered. I mean, can you imagine being one of the people on the fence? You know exactly what's happening. You've heard about this lady. And now all of a sudden, she's with Jesus. Not to mention, Jesus is with a Pharisee. What in the world? Who is this dude? <laughs> the guy who's supposed to be perfect is sitting between a Pharisee and a prostitute. Can you imagine smelling that? I can just imagine some of the women around there thinking, man, I hope I never smell that on my husband. I can imagine some of the men smelling it and just thinking, oh. Now, obviously, it was a good smell. It was a perfume, but there was connotation to smell as in every smell. So my question to you today is this. What does your life smell like? Are you surrendering those things? Are you, are you giving them up in a way that honors Christ? Call it a pint at a, at a time because so many times in Scripture we see Jesus heal or do a miracle and then he looks at them and says, now go and sin no more, which outside the Holy Spirit you're not capable of even doing. And so there needs to be a constant posture of our hearts of surrender. Surrender is a pint at a time. 
Surrender is coming to the feet of Jesus and constantly pouring out what we have over his feet. And I don't mean that we're anointing him so that he can die and raise again. That's taken care of. We sang a song earlier this morning about taking our crowns and laying them down at the feet of Jesus. So not only will you take your pint, but you'll also take your crown. You're also going to take the things that are good in your life. And I guess what I'm trying to to culminate this morning is this. Your life, good and bad, will be a sweet surrender to Christ. But it is going to take a surrender to Christ. There needs to be a posture of our hearts. There needs to be a posture of our, our family here as a church where we are saying, God, I want to give everything to you. Can you imagine the relief that she felt as she's crying onto him and and feeling that weight lifted for the first time in her life? What a joy that must have been for her to step up from the table feeling light, like, oh my goodness, it's gone. The thing that I've been worried about, the thing that I've been trying to hide away, the thing that I don't advertise publicly Jesus can handle it. He can take it. In fact, he already has. It's a matter of you coming into alignment with him. There are things that every single one of us will deal with privately. For some, it might be an attitude. Did you know that the Holy Spirit says you will know that you have my Holy Spirit because you will be filled with love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness, gentleness and self-control? You can actually tell when you're being like Jesus. But Jesus doesn't just want your good. He doesn't just want your performance. He also wants the things that you're not proud of. Don't get me wrong. When we pour out what we have and we ask for forgiveness, we surrender one pint at a time. That's a beautiful thing. But then there is coming a day where just like the woman who anointed Jesus' feet with oil, we will take down the crown of everything that we have done well in life. The things that Jesus wants to celebrate by giving us a crown, we will take those things down and lay those at his feet. We won't be able to rub the crowns in like perfume to his feet, but I will tell you this. There will be a surrender like no other on the day that we lay down before Jesus our crowns. There is going to be a moment for every single one of us that we have to decide, is this something that we want to participate in? And believe me, you get to decide it today. We have an opportunity this morning, right now, to say, you know what? I'm going to choose right now to surrender my life. I'm going to pour the first pint on Jesus' feet. I love this story because it it brings humanity not just to, to the woman, but also to Jesus. If I had a woman break down on me and cry at my feet, I would freak out. Because we're not used to that kind of stuff. But Jesus then embraces her and and looks at her, and he says, your sins are forgiven. Now go in peace. How many here could use a little more peace in their lives? I can. He says, 
go in peace. When you surrender, you can go in peace. When you ask for forgiveness, you can go in peace. Go where? Well, I don't know, in and out You can go to in and out in peace. You can go to work in peace. You can go to school in peace. You can go to sleep in peace. You can go to your family. You can go to your kids in peace. You can deal with the relationship issues in peace if you'll surrender. And so this morning, I'd love it if everybody would close their eyes for just a second. We want to honor this moment. Because I'm believing that there are some people here who have never given their lives to God or have, and they're going to rededicate their lives to God. And in the same way that Jesus spoke to the woman in the story, he looked her in the eyes and he said, your sins have been forgiven. And he actually says, because of your faith. See, scripture tells us that in order to receive salvation, all you have to do is Believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord and confess it with your mouth and you will be saved. So we're going to do that this morning together. I'd love it if you guys would all say this prayer with me together for the benefit of those who are coming to Christ for the first time. Say, dear Jesus, please come into my life. Forgive me of my sin, the things that you call wrong, and make me like you. Take my surrender. Take my life and make it new. Amen. Hey, if you just said that prayer, we want to celebrate with you. Would you do me a favor? Would you raise your hand? We want to celebrate some good things. And hey, if you're doing it online, would you do me a favor and put in the chat the raised hand emoji? We want to make sure that we get you a Bible. We want to share some next steps with you. Uh, but one of the things that, that we want to make sure um, is that we're not missing anybody. Now, I know that we just said a prayer that, that commits our lives to Christ, but I'm, I, I'm under the impression this morning that there are some people who are carrying a weight that they don't need to carry anymore. So I'd love it if you would stand to your feet with me for just a second. I was writing this uh, this week, and I felt like it was very fitting that we were singing the songs that we were singing today because... I can imagine the lady getting up from the kitchen table and saying, you were worthy of it all. You were worthy of it all. For from you are all things, and to you are all things. You deserve the glory. Will you sing that with me? You were worthy of it all. You were worthy of it all. For from you are all things, and to you are all things. You deserve the glory. Can you hear the song with me in the back of the house? As she's singing this, saying, you're worthy of it all. I don't just have to give you my perfume. I can give you my life. You're worthy of it all. There are people in here right now who need a touch from God. You've got a heaviness on your life, and we want to pray with you. So pastors, I'd love it if you would come forward. I want to invite you to step forward right now. If you are dealing with something in your life that you want prayer over, come forward right now. We want to pray. 
because I'm believing this, the same Jesus that said to the girl, go in peace, we'll say it to you. But it is going to take a surrender of our hearts to get to this point. Those of you who choose to stay in your seats, there's no judgment. But I know this, I got some things that I want in my life. I got some things that I, 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 want, I want God to say go in peace over. You were worthy of it all. Never mind. <laughs> well, Jesus, thank you so much. I thank you that your power doesn't stop when we say amen. I'm grateful that your power doesn't stop when we're done with the verse that we're reading. But God, I'm believing that you have so many good things in store for us. I'm believing that you have power to heal, to restore, and to bring people back into alignment. And God, I know this this morning. There are people who are choosing to stay in their seats who need a touch from you. And so, Father, I pray regardless of where they are in this building, I pray you would touch them. Father, I know that there are people who are watching with us that need a touch from you. I know there are situations that need you to say, go in peace. I don't care whether it is, it is job-related or family-related. Maybe your boss is being a jerk. God, I pray your peace over those situations. Father, I pray your aggressive, overwhelming, invading peace on our lives. We ask these things in the powerful, mighty name of Jesus. Will you worship with us for just a few minutes? Father, we told you at the outset of the service that it was an honor to be in your presence. 
And in case those of you who are maybe new to this don't know, you are in the presence of Jesus right now. This is where he does his best work. (laughs) This is where he heals, he restores. And this is offered to you wherever you go. Because we're believing that we get to live in the promise that he said, go in peace. So Father, I pray your blessing, your hand of protection and blessing over every one of your children here this morning. I pray that the lessons that you have spoken this morning would stick with us, that we would, we would hear it, that we would know it, that we would believe it. And as we leave, we would remember them. To claim over the situations in our lives when we feel like we just need a little more peace. Whether it's work or school or family or any other issue in our lives. But Father, we're grateful for, for your sacrifice. We're grateful for your forgiveness. And it's an honor to bring you a surrender like this. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. For what you're doing in our lives. And it's in your name we pray. Everyone said together? Amen. Amen. Hey, thank you so much for being with us this weekend. We really appreciate it. We will see you here same time, same place next weekend. You guys are dismissed. Thank you for joining us today. If you enjoyed this episode, share it with a friend. Leave a comment and rate this podcast, but make sure to give us five stars. In the description, you can find the website, the socials, and all that good stuff. Special thanks to those who give generously. It's because of you that this ministry is possible. If you'd like to partner with us, you can click the link in the description below. Join us live on Sundays, either in person or on YouTube or Facebook, and we'll see you soon. Thanks for listening.